Hello and welcome back to my podcast and happy Christmas. It is still Christmas. Today we celebrate the feast or the solemnity rather of the Epiphany of the Lord in the Novus Ordo calendar that is put on the Sunday, whereas in the older calendar for the traditional Latin Mass, as, st- as well as still in various parts of the world, it is always celebrated on the 6th of January, which was Saturday. It, of course, marks the 12th day of Christmas, uh, which is generally the time that traditionally people take down their Christmas tree and their Christmas decorations, although the season of Christmas lasts for another week until the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord when we enter into ordinary time. In the responsorial psalm of today, we heard this line, which became our response. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. It sounds at first, doesn't it, like it's a statement of fact. But the very briefest of glances at the state of the world of 2024 would seem to suggest that it is a factual error. Not every nation on earth adores Christ our Lord. There are nations that are predominantly Jewish, Islamic, Hindu and Buddhist, let alone nations like our own that are more secular than Christian and include many other faiths. So what does this psalm response mean? Well, here we enter into the realm of God's mysterious workings. It is God from whom salvation comes. Humanity could not and cannot save itself. God's plan was and is that all salvation comes from Christ, the head of the church, through the church, which is his body. Then, if we recall Christ's words to the eleven apostles just before his ascension, that they are to go out to all the world, make disciples of all nations, and baptise them in the name of the Most Holy Trinity, we begin to understand that, Lord, every nation on earth will adore you, becomes not a statement but a plea, heartfelt, hopefully, that God's saving will be done and all people come to salvation through Christ in the church. Wouldn't we want everyone on earth to have what we have? The life of grace, the sacraments, the intimate union with Christ in Holy Communion and the protection of Mary and all the saints. This desire would inspire us to bring others to the Catholic Church by our words, by our joyful witness to the faith, by the difference that it makes to our life. The faith that we have received from past generations is in a sense not our own. We do not own it. We may love our faith, and that love moves us to pass it on to our children and grandchildren and to others who do not have it yet. 
Today's Solemnity of the Epiphany takes us back to the very beginnings of the Christian faith, when three Gentiles, like us, who are not Jewish, came to the newly born Christ. In human terms, this was a surprising and somewhat shocking twist in God's plan of salvation. For some, it was even scandalous. It's easy for us to take for granted and to say it's obvious that the Gentiles should be included. However, in the second reading from Ephesians, St. Paul says that the mystery of the inclusion of the Gentiles in God's plan of salvation was not made known to people in other generations, and that it was made to him, Paul, by revelation. So despite Christ's teaching about Gentiles and his encounters with them, it took a special revelation to convince Paul, Peter and the other apostles that the Gentiles were heirs of God's promise as well as the Jews. There are a few spiritual laws we find in Matthew's account of the visit of the Magi. We could summarise them as those who seek God find him, those who find him worship him, and those who worship him share him. So first, those who seek God find him. God said to the prophet Jeremiah, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And Christ said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. The Magi seek Christ using reason and faith. They ask, Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. Like the Magi who followed the star, we too experience God's handiwork in nature. We can learn about him indirectly through his creation, but nature is not God. Notice that the star did not lead the Magi all the way to Jesus. They had to consult sacred scripture in order to find him. And of course it was only by coming into his presence that they could worship him. So the second one, those who find him worship him. They were overjoyed at seeing the star and on entering the house they saw the child with Mary his mother. The Magi had assumed that Jesus would be in Jerusalem with the king and other important people. Instead they found him in the lowest place, a manger, a feeding trough for animals. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. The example of the Magi reminds us that the centre of worship is sacrifice. In other words, giving and not receiving. And thirdly, those who worship him share him. They departed for their country by another way. We don't know what became of the Magi or what they did to share about their experience, 
but we do know that they were changed by their encounter with Jesus and that they followed God's will by protecting Jesus from Herod. Brothers and sisters, every Holy Mass is a Christmas because the incarnate Christ becomes present again on the altar in the humble form of bread and wine, truly present, not in symbol. And every time we come to Mass, it is an epiphany. The Lord is revealed to us. We are to be like the Magi. We seek the Lord. We find him here. We worship him by offering our gifts. And we leave as changed people to bring about the fulfilment of the psalm promise that every nation on earth would know, love and adore Christ. Happy and Holy Christmas, and keep it going for another week. God bless you.